I'm so highly steady. How are you? Hi, Kali. I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much um, for agreeing to do this podcast with me. Thank you for um, having me. Yeah, so I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. I, I feel like we, we're going to have a very rich conversation. Um, so I was, looking, I was reading your bio, right? And yeah. it says that um, you were raised by your parents. Your one parent is Sotu and the other is Nyasa. You were raised in Zim. Uh-huh. Um, so it's, it's it sounds like you're very rich in 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 culture and yeah. <laughs> I am. I am. Okay. Um. So Lissadi, tell me. Um. You are a poet as well, right? Mhm. And you and you studied biochemistry and microbiology at the University of Vienna. Mhm. Mm. So, how many languages do you speak? Just just I'm, I'm I'm curious. How many languages? How many languages can you speak? Uh, I'm supposed to be fluent in Sesotho, but I'm not. But then I'm I'm I think I'm I'm fair when it comes to Sesotho. So, uh, should I count only the ones that I'm fluent in, or no, all? No, please count all the other ones. Hey. Okay. Let's see. Um, it's Sesotho. It's the uh, Zimbabwean Debele. Because I think it's different from the South African Debele, yeah. Um, Sati, Zulu, Kosa, uh, Venda, Shona. Uh, yeah, I think I'm done. I, I, I'm not going to count French because my French is dead. My 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 French <laughs> my French is gonna kill me. But yeah, you know how it is when you learn a new language and then you don't have mm-hmm. anyone to converse in that language. Yeah, definitely. With, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's it. So that makes it, how many is that? I think it's, how many languages is that? Uh, yeah, seven, I think, yeah. Sure, like I'm jealous. Hey, I did French at some point for like six months ago. Yeah. Because like you, I had no one to um speak French with. Yeah. Yeah. And then the only thing that you left with is just to say bonjour. Yeah. <laughs> so that... So back to your poetry. Um, so when you were 14 years old, you wrote your, your first poem in a prose piece, yes. which um, got a merit as well. Yes, it did. I was so excited. So that was your your first 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 poem that you entered in a competition, or the first poem that you ever wrote. It was the first poem that I ever wrote and entered into a competition. But yeah. Wow. Hey, what was it about? Music. What about music? Um, just the joy that it brings. I don't know if I can find it, but yeah, it, it was generally about um how good ma- music makes me feel and how basically my life revolves around music because that's that's what that's what music is for me. Um, it it basically goes with my moods. It goes with um whatever it is that I'm going through, music can either help me out of a situation or basically serve as a background of whatever um, circumstance I found myself in. So, yeah. 
do you remember specifically what um what inspired the poem at that time or was it still just your love for music um so when when i got to know about the the competition and at the time i was very much like i was one of the best students in my school when it came to essay writing so mm-hmm. it was really much of a challenge to um write a piece um you know like on the pro pro section and then there was poetry and then i was talking to my mom uh and i was telling her that i was interested in doing it but i didn't think that i had that thing you know and she was like well thing is you're overthinking it so <laughs> um you just go with the flow and then try and um and 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 write what comes to your mind just write from the heart and i think that has basically served as um how i write my poetry it goes with my feelings whether in and it's actually like whatever i feel in that specific moment um whatever trigger then yeah that's what i'm going to go with sure so what would you say is your best literary work or like your proudest piece i am quite a number because okay. sometimes I, i i have times where i would um go through my um i'd go through some of my work and in the what's this um in the Why am I losing my train of thought? I'm sorry. It's fine. It's okay. Take your time. Take your time. But um what I was saying is that um when I'm going through my work sometimes I find myself actually having to check if it's really my work because sometimes it's so good and I'm impressed myself and I'm like wait is this really something that came out of my head or I you know you know how you can read something and then it it just stays with you because it resonates mm-hmm. with you much and then yeah so i i always have that fear where a piece is so good and then i'm thinking uh, it might not be my work it's somebody else's and then i'm always like googling lines like just to make sure <laughs> that it's really my work and then when i realize when nothing pops up on google i'm like oh, oh wow it really <laughs> is me it's me <laughs> um. But do you would you say that your work has a specific theme? So what do you write about the most? Uh I write a lot about abuse and um mental health issues mm-hmm. and yeah um because I feel like there are issues that people don't talk much about especially mm-hmm. when it comes to um mental abuse as well as um mental illness. maybe because um i'm i'm epileptic mm-hmm. and the the stigma around that we you know when people get to know that you suffer from something then it's like oh you're epileptic but you don't look like you're sick and it's like that mm-hmm. how am i supposed to look you know yeah. or, or the times when i've had seizures in public and when i wake up um weights from holy oil and holy water because I'm demonic you know and sure. then I spent for hours being told about my demons um I remember one time um I was having a lot of seizures at school because I was under a lot of pressure and um 
I'm also anemic. So the anemia was triggering the, the seizures as well. And now I'm with this doctor and she says to me, which church do you go to? And I'm like, well, I'm Catholic. And she's like, ah, that's the problem. That church doesn't know how to deal with demon and with demons sure. and yeah. And then when I on a demon in Gamanda, so and I'm like, oh, okay, so I'm demonic. <laughs> and this is um a medical professional telling me this. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about that because I've been exposed to that stigma and I, I have to leave it every day. So I I don't want to live um, a life where I'm I'm afraid to talk about what it is that I sometimes struggle with, you know? It, it's not, it, and I hate how sometimes it's, ex- when someone suffers from something, people expect that thing to define them, but that's not the case. Yes, I suffer from it, but that, that's not what defines me. I'm still a person at the end of the day, not the disease. Sure. Going back to faith, um, yeah. is that what inspired, because I read your, um, your piece on the killer we nurture, and there was a lot of yes i could see that it has it goes it it links with faith and fear and culture and religion and superstitions is that what inspired it or where did that come from what inspired that piece was um it it was a number of conversations that i'd had with um friends Mm. and I realized that we we live in a time where we are so afraid and in the end we are prisoners of our faith because it you know be it whatever it is that you um subscribe whatever faith you subscribe to be it Mm -hmm. um, Christianity or you're a traditionalist or Muslim whatever but I find sometimes we become prisoners of faith and we don't in the end we don't really believe in whatever it is that we believe in but or should I say we don't believe in what we claim to believe in because we're trying to stick to the rules and we're trying to prove that we believe so much that in the end we're not believing. Am I making sense? Mm. So what do you think is what do you think causes that? What do you think triggers that? Uh, uh, I, I think a lot of us suffer too much from the there's no english way of saying this but it's, it's the in whatever language yeah the syndrome. syndrome i feel like that's what kills a lot of people especially when i view because um i look at um the sometimes the christians in my life mm-hmm. and you um I, I really wonder sometimes where people are so concerned with how they look, how they're going to be perceived in church. But then at the end of the day, isn't when, for me, faith is about whatever it is that I choose to believe and then I'm supposed to live it. You know, it's supposed to show in the way I live my life because I believe so much in those principles. But then for a lot of us, I feel really we we are we are too concerned with how other people are going to view us and 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 that's sad 
So yeah, I think that's the cause for um, people ending up doing that. And that's what, that was part of what inspired the piece. We, we think too much about what other people are doing, what other people are thinking about us, that we end up not having a mind of our own. So I'm gonna come back to, to this, this conversation again. I just wanna ask, I just want you to take, you were raised in, in Zim, right? Yes. How uh-huh. was it like growing up in Zim? It was wonderful. Whenever I go back to Zim, even now, um, it, it's hard for me to come back to SA. I cry, because <laughs> that's home for me. <laughs> that's, that's, that's home for me. Um, I mean, South Africa is amazing in the opportunities that it has economically and, you know, but, man, Zim is home, people, the the, the place is beautiful, it it is chilled, maybe I'm biased, eh? (laughs) (laughs) But um, to grow up in a country that basically it's, it's, either the only one or one of only three countries that has a climate good enough to plant basically all the plants in the world. Mm. It's got so many minerals. It, and then comes, it's, I mean, you think of Victoria Falls, the Kariba Dam, Noe Caves. I would, I would literally travel with my mom I don't know how many times we went to those places, you know, and and every time I'll be so excited. Amazing. Yeah, so I, I I don't know if it's just because it's home and I understand I understand it so well, but um, I I think the other thing that adds a beauty to it for me is that um, I understand its culture. I was raised by my grandfather who very much um, believes. And, and, and that as a, as a people, you not only need to respect um, your culture and know mm-hmm. about it, but you need to know and understand that of other peoples as well. So um, if um, I, I remember sitting and I was watching, uh, um, it, it, there was just like music videos at home, and there was this song from Malawi, and then I, I I just liked it. And then as much as I'm Nyasa, but because I, I didn't grow up with my dad, I don't know much about Nyasa. I know how to greet mm. you. How to, yeah. And I was just I'm like, ah, man, I wish I knew how to speak this language. And then I'll understand. And then he goes, oh, okay, no, no, don't worry. I'll translate it for you. And that's when I learned oh. that my great basically speaks all 10 dialects of Shona. And he is a Sutu man. He's very fluent in Venda. He's also fluent in Tsonga. He knows Portuguese. He knows Nyasa. He knows Sahili as well. And I think he's the person who made me aim to not only know other languages, but mm-hmm. whenever I meet different people, I try and understand their cultures. So that's the other thing that came with traveling around Zim. Wherever I traveled, I'll try to meet with the locals and talk to them about the place and hear the stories. Oh my God, the stories, I think that's the beauty about Africa. And it's sad as well, because <laughs> we didn't get to record a lot of our stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and so now we have to depend on word of mouth. But then when you get a chance to, yeah, learn about their stories, then, yeah, you 
you really get to um, understand everything. Yeah. So when you speak to your grand, when you speak to your grandfather, did you ask him what inspired him to learn so many languages? Did he perhaps like have? Did he have to? What inspired him to learn so many languages? Like where did that come from? Uh, two things. Yeah. I think is mm. the uh, the fact that um, his job. He he was a policeman for a while and apparently was a yeah he was a detective quite a big shot detective and um he had to travel around a lot so mm-hmm. you, you can't do the job if you can't speak the language speak of the, the people mm-hmm. i think that was the main reason yeah okay okay so you're in you so too you grew up in zim you studied in benda mm-hmm. so you what else am i missing uh there's a lot of also discovering new things as we go <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh what would you say looking at all these different um clans or tribes that you've been exposed to what yeah. would you say um africans have in sim- have 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 in in what are the similarities in africans or what would you say yes let's just start with the similarities are you finding anything that you that is like constant from limpopo to um is the nyasas from tanzania or malawi malawi Where are they from malawi yes from um malawi to zim so what would you say are that you're finding to be quite the same in africans uh music dance mm-hmm. yeah music dance and stories and and faith mm. we, we we yeah i think africans are the most believing people and hopeful people if i could put it like that but yeah so do you think our um so you're saying music and dance would unite Africans. That's the one thing that we have and stories and faith. Uh, not would, but that's what does unite us. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And our stories as well. Like what's the weirdest story that you've ever heard? Because you wrote about superstitions as well. I think what's the weirdest or the wildest superstition that you've ever heard? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's that um, and <laughs> I don't know where this came from, and mm-hmm. yeah, but I remember once um, it it was such a weird discussion, and I don't even know how it started, but people were just they're like, yo, you're like um, guy guy, and people like, no, Nigerians are the ones who've got like the most powerful witchcraft, and people are like, nah, just because you've seen their movies and that's you know they show it a lot, mm-hmm. but they're not. It's the courses, and then the, and then the other girls. No, it was like people were fighting to get um <laughs> to have the ones with the most powerful witches, and then my mom went, no, it's the vendors, and then I, and then one one goes, no, it's actually the ones in Lesotho. I mean, they even have flight limits in Lesotho for the witches because it can get too much. Hey. <laughs> so yeah, I think that was the funniest. I don't know if it was just 
the story or it was the fact that people were basically vying to have their most powerful witches and it's like really this is what we're fighting for right now <laughs> but yeah mm -hmm. so um what would you say your dream for considering that your family i'm assuming is very spread out as well very right yes what would you say your dream for africa is do you have an african dream uh, yes. Uh -huh. uh, I, I, I think I share um, Bernard Boy's um, dream, which is to have an African passport where I can travel anywhere in Africa with just one passport. Interesting. Um, do you think that's, that's happening anytime soon? Uh, Sadly, no. Mm -hmm. yeah. well, what do you think uh, the reason might be? We have let too much, as Africans, I feel we have let too much hate and, and fear come in between mm -hmm. us, you know. But at the same time, as much as I don't think it's going to happen soon, I don't think it's impossible when I look at the atmosphere that's happening currently I've, I've felt there's a lot of africans that are coming out and they're saying we should be united you know we we, sh we should stop um fighting against each other and discriminating against each other because at the end of the day we are one and if we really properly look at our history we all come from one place i mean you look at the bantu people they all come from um what are those um i don't know if i'm it, it's certain river is it the Mali river or something I'm, I'm i'm forgetting the name but we basically come from one place and then we spread downwards so some of those why are we fighting you know it doesn't make sense mm. um angel your piece on you have no right to shout black lives matter yes um i picked up you were talking a lot about our roots your accent colorism and a whole lot more. What inspired that piece? Uh, anger. Mm, what were you angry at? Um, it, it, it's just the, the, the xenophobia that's happening, you know, and at the time, um, it, it, it was around the Black Lives Movement. And mm. for me, around, you know, people are screaming Black Lives Matter, and then I'll... <laughs> I'll talk to some people and they'll be so passionate and they'll be so hurt about what was going on in America. And it was not to say that we, you know, um, it was wrong for them to empathize about what was happening because it, it is so wrong and it has to come to an end. But my issue with the whole thing was that, but then how can you empathize so much and describe what is being done to the flag? in America when it's the same thing that you're doing here at home and you're doing it to your fellow brothers and sisters, you know? Yes. That, that is where it came from. Um, do you know that people are always saying that when a person from a different country comes into South Africa, mm -hmm. then they're foreigners, but when it's a white person, they are seen as investors. Yes, yes, uh, it, it happens a lot. If 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 mm. that person 
if it's a white foreigner, then they're safe. It's, a, it's an investor. They're bringing in um, opportunities. But then when it's a black foreigner, oh, heavens. It's like that person, it's, it's a criminal. And then there's that sad line, Yahweh, oh, they're coming to take our jobs, you know? And it's like, oh, no. No, yeah. um, the very reason why South Africa is a thriving economic hub is because it's attracting all those different skills from all over the continent and the world. But now if you're going to look at it as people taking jobs, oh man, the whole thing is just sad. It breaks, it breaks my heart. Um, what do you think about the Put South African First March happening on, I think it's on the 29th of August. Do you uh, see it? Uh, yeah, I heard something about that. Mm. Do you have any opinion on it? Nah. <laughs> nah. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about something more interesting. You are probably you're working on publishing your first book, Conversations yeah. with, the, with the with the Moringa Tree. Yes. Yes, how has that been coming? Tell us about it. What is the book about? Uh, it's been a long time coming. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think when I, I really wanted to do this, it's been like from 2016. So to have it finally in the works now and knowing that it's definitely happening, <laughs> I'm really excited about it. What it's about, it's really about healing. And like all the properties of the Moringa tree, um, I, it, it's strengthening, it's healing. You're going to, you're going to laugh. You're going to have your heart broken. You're going to learn. You're going to heal. That's that's all the book is about. And also um, encouraging and learning. Yeah. So you're saying it's also encouraging and learning. Yes. What do you think Africans need to unlearn? Uh, it would be fear. Mm. Yes, yeah, I think sometimes we, we, we let fear control us so much. So fear is what is um, letting us down. Um, yeah, the South Africans. Just in closing, because you're speaking a lot about fear and faith, don't you think that they're completely just opposite each other? That's all, that Africans have faith, but they're also a whole lot like they're also like very fearful. And, and maybe that's why we're going wrong. Mm. Yes, because we're trying to hold on to two masters, and it will be lovely if we were to choose just one master and that and I hope that the master who wins is faith instead of fear. Okay. Um thank you so much. Um do we know when um the Moringa conversations with the Moringa tree will be out? When where? Uh as, as yet no I can't give any details because we're still working on those. But yeah as soon as everything is finalized I'll I will let you know. Thank you very much. Is there anything else that I'm leaving out that you'd like to share? Uh, <laughs> no. 
Okay. Um, where can people find you? Just give us uh, your you social find... media details where they can find your um, your written pieces as well. Okay. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Aurora underscore Mogwena. And you can also find me on um, Instagram under the same name at Aurora underscore Mogwena. Um, on Tumblr, that's in, you'll find most of my pieces. Um, just look for Aurora Mogwena. Color Me With Words is the name of the blog. And on Medium, yes. Uh, Aurora Mogwena is the name I go with when I'm writing, so yeah. So, Lisedi, in closing, um, yeah. please just recite, give us something from your upcoming book. All right, okay. Uh, let me see if I can pick out a piece for you. I know you said you have a lot of um, brilliant writing pieces, but you can give us your favorite. So um, this one, I, I mainly chose it now because um, it's Women's Month. And so the title is called um, Freedom, Love and Woman. I want to know its true definitions, solution to my question, a problem to be solved by no titration. What is freedom? Not freedom of speech or freedom of movement. I mean freedom, the true essence of it the true meaning of it not inhibited by man's litigations. From up my cerebrum down to my pseudonym, I would like to think there is none. Yes, a large part of me would love to think that freedom is just a word, just like love. Letters combined together to constrain a bountiful of emotions that are not meant to be constrained. What I know is the anatomy of freedom. Warm blooded for no cold liquid can warm me up like it does. It must breathe for it is the essence of my livelihood with mammary glands that need to be nursed today for tomorrow they shall nurse a nation. Cover all else with a blubber so energy is stored and protect so as to protect with a spine that is flexible like no other and can bend without seeming spineless, with a four-chambered heart to make clean the dirty, for it only operates on purity. And lastly, it has a fused neck vertebrae trading flexibility for stability as it swims through life. And all this came to me as I learned about whales but what came into light at that moment was not how fascinated I was by the biology of whales. It was how the architecture of freedom is similar to that of a woman, because like freedom, she needs space to grow. She is independent. She is the weak sex that is strong, the protected that protects, but un but unless she respects and is respected, unless she can define herself, then she is just a woman, a mere five letters. And that's it.
Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm supposed to be doing this, right? I'm snapping my fingers. <laughs> I'm snapping my fingers. <laughs> um, Lisa, you just give us your social media details one more time um, so that people can get hold of you. And it's um, at Aurora underscore Mogwena on Twitter. And that's the same as um, with the Instagram. And then on Tumblr, look for the blog titled um, Color Me With Words by Aurora Mogwena. And then look for um, Aurora Mogwena on Medium as well. Yeah, those are the places where you can find me. And Medium and Tumblr are the main places where you can find my work. No, listen, people have to check you out. I did. Your work is brilliant. I love it. I really, really love it. Thank, um, you. thank you so much, Lisedi. After the lockdown, you must invite us when you go perform wherever. <laughs> Please. I definitely will. Thank you so much for having me. I had a thank great time. Thank you very much. Thank you.